Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, Budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here. And alongside me, my partner on the airways, as always, it's Sarah Jones. Hey, Sarah, I notice your background's different. I think you are somewhere new. Where are you and how are you? Mm, hey, Nino. Hello, everyone. Um, that is in tr- in fact true. We are in um, a little town outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Tennessee, awesome. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> as it turns out, the place that we are staying for the next five weeks, we have virtually no internet and very limited cell service. So <laughs> <laughs> I am really learning how to be flexible how to meet new business owners and um, find in places where I can sit and um, hold client sessions, but also record our podcast. So today I'm in the Chamber of Commerce building, which is kind of fun. Very cool. You know, just what an adventure, an adventure on top of an adventure. (laughs) Yeah, an adventure that it is. It (laughs) is. And I won't go for into those. a whole lot. <laughs> I'm a very scheduled person. I am a very scheduled person. And so I'm just going to tell you guys that I've learned so much on this uh, journey. One of them being flexibility and patience. And for our listeners who can't see Sarah, you know, when she said, yes, an adventure, I, I imagine you could all hear it in her tone, but her face is priceless. Like, <laughs> yeah, adventure. Sure. We'll use that word <laughs> reluctantly. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, well, I'm glad you were able to get connected. I'm glad we can meet today. I'm very excited about having a conversation today about breaking generational cycles This is something that um, I have a little bit of familiarity with because my mother is a licensed psychotherapist. And so there's that side of things. But I I think there is an element of breaking generational cycles that does apply to how we manage our money. And so uh, today we'll be talking about breaking generational cycles of bad money habits. But before we do that, don't miss out on available on valuable financial insights, subscribe to the New Money Habit podcast today and unlock a wealth of knowledge to empower your financial journey. Stay up to date with the latest episodes as Sarah and I discuss practical tips, host expert guests, and have thought-provoking discussions on all things money-related. Hit that subscribe button now and join our community of savvy listeners. And if you're ready to take your financial growth to the next level, schedule your free discovery call with Sarah or myself today. During our personalized session, we'll discuss your specific financial goals, gain clarity on your challenges, and explore how working with a financial coach can accelerate your progress. Don't miss out on this valuable opportunity. Book your free discovery call now and create the new money habits needed to achieve financial freedom. All right, so let's talk a little bit about breaking general cycles of bad money habits. Sarah, where would you start the conversation about breaking those cycles? You know, I just want to say, I think we associate, we tend to associate a lot of our habits um, and behaviors with good or bad, 
but I don't like to use those terms. Um, mm -hmm. I think that it, it makes, it puts, um, more mental strain on us when we associate good or bad with our money because, you know, you and I talk a lot about money as a tool, right? And mm -hmm. developing good habits and, and, and it's about new habits, right? It's the new money habits. That's what this whole podcast is based around, right? It's not the good money habits or the bad money habits, right? And so I don't like to use those terms. They're things that we learned, right? They might have served us or served our parents or our grandparents, right, for a period of time. It doesn't mean that we need to carry those on, but I don't believe they're necessarily good or bad. Okay. I, I can get with that because money, like you said, is just a tool, right? Just like a hammer is a tool. And so is a hammer good or is a hammer bad? No, but hammers can be used to do good things and hammers can be used to do bad things. And so um, when we think about like the money habits that we do have, though, I want to kind of start the conversation with like, where did they come from? And I, it's my belief that they're somewhat inherited, right? Like if what good or bad or not using either one of those terms, but the habits that we have with our money and how we spend um, from any, everything from whether or not we like the cash envelope system to we prefer a credit card. I feel like a, an element of these habits are inherited behaviors, things that we learned from the generations before us. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I'll even tell a little story here, if I may. Of course. Something that I really kind of just recognized with myself, um, that growing up, my dad worked a full-time job um, and had several businesses, right? And I heard the term, not enough money, a lot. My parents fought about money all the time. But what was interesting was, is I looked at the fighting. I, I really have been aware of the not enough money mindset, right? For many years. What I didn't recognize though, is the need or the belief that my dad had that he needed to work all of those different jobs to provide, right? When maybe focusing on one or two could have been, um, maybe a better way to go about, about things instead of always looking for the next best thing, the next thing to bring in more money, right? And that has been my life cycle. I have always worked a part-time job plus starting several businesses, several side gigs to bring in more money. And that's not a, a habit or a behavior that I picked up on until actually probably the past year and a half. Oh, wow. So recent mm -hmm. revelation about that behavior. Mm -hmm. So it, it just goes right along to, with what you're saying, right? That it, a lot of what we do, a lot of the way that we feel about money, the, the habits, the, the directions that we take with money, very much, I believe, come from parents, grandparents, who we live, who we spend a lot of time with, you know? So if you've got extended family, your friends as parents, right? What you're seeing on TV, what you're reading, like we absorb a lot of that information. Yep. 
Absolutely. And, and I think it starts at home, right? Um, as you were telling your story, I'm thinking about like, oh, okay. So this is where Sarah got her, her savvy about like multiple streams of income. And yet you're like, no, no, no. Like there, there's like this, this not so glamorous side of, you know, kind of doing it because of a mindset you also inherited that, that not enough mindset. So very interesting. Um, how what sounded like it was going to be really good. Like, Oh, Oh, this is how you got the multiple streams <laughs> of income. Oh, okay. I see. But right. We inherited, we, 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 we certainly uh, absorb, like you said, that's a great word for it. We, we soak in so much of what we're seeing around us. Um, I've heard it said that like, if you want to be a millionaire, then do behave like a millionaire behaves. Mm. Right. So kind of absorb, those types of behaviors. Um, so there's a portion of us that kind of like inherit these behaviors from, you know, our, 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 our upbringing, but there's also um, this idea that um, we can kind of form some of our own money habits, you know, based off of the fact that maybe we didn't um, learn it uh, and we didn't see it. And so, um, I think about, for me, the, the story goes like this. My father, who was born in 1935, um, by the time he was in his 20s and 30s, uh, th that would have been the 1950s and the 1960s. And credit wasn't a very, it wasn't an established thing. Mm -hmm. Most people at that time were you know, saving up cash to buy a car, saving up cash to buy a home. Um, you know, credit cards were just on the scene, but I think like the first credit card was like the diners club card so that you could go out to eat or whatever. So fast forward. And by the time the, the eighties and nineties roll around and credit is more widely available and accepted. Well, by that time, my father's already in his fifties and sixties. And he, so his, his, um, the way he managed money was very well established. He was very much a, I pay cash for everything, whatever, whatever. So I couldn't inherit any credit usage from him. And so it really was about forging out there and, and mm -hmm. figuring it out for myself and learning from my mistakes um, and that sort of thing. And so um, sometimes it's inherited, but sometimes you kind of have to forge ahead and and figure it out for yourself. No, I absolutely agree. And I would even add to that, that it's kind of our, what we perceive too, right? I, I think I perceived my parents' money habits a certain way because of what I heard, but then I internalized them, right? And kind of formed my own. So it's what I thought they did. My parents too used cash. I don't think my parents had a checking account, a, a regular checking account until I was probably 12 or 13 years old, right? And so I grew up very much in this cash mindset, no credit, no debt, no checking account even, which meant no savings account, or if they had some savings, it was in cash stashed someplace, right? But I also then perceived the way that they did things 
and kind of made it my own, right? So I don't know exactly how they handled things because they didn't have those conversations with me. So some of it, I think, is how we perceive the situation to be. And and quite frankly, you know, the way I felt my childhood was around money and what I learned might very well be completely different in their eyes. You know, it could probably go and, well, we can't ask them. <laughs> my dad's no longer here, but, you know, it's how they perceived it, right? And and how they thought they were doing things probably night and day compared to how I felt about it and what I learned from it. Mm. Hmm. Perception, right? Depending on where you're standing from, your perspective and perception of things different. Mm -hmm. What uh what would you say um are some of the I have the question prepared as common bad habits often passed mm. down. Uh, I know we're going to try to avoid the word bad, but so what are some of those common habits that you've seen uh, either, whether it was things that you kind of learned um, or you know, more specifically uh, that you see with clients where it's like, man, this is, this is one of those generational things that's being passed down. Um, and what are some of the consequences that you see from those habits? Mm. One that comes up a lot with the people that I work with is the theory that you can use debt to get out of debt. Meaning mm. you're going to refinance a lot or do a lot of balance transfers or um, you know take out a loan here so you can pay for this over there. And when I start digging and asking the questions, I find that that's oftentimes what their parents did, right? What their siblings have done. And I don't, again, I don't necessarily call that a bad habit, but it's not addressing the full situation. It's not addressing what's really going on. It's kind of a band-aid fix for a really big cut, right? And, and it's not gonna, the cut keeps getting bigger and the band-aid keeps getting smaller. And so that's a big one that I see that, um, goes generation to generation. Mm. You know, I, I see that same one um, where this idea that I can somehow borrow my way out of debt, <laughs> just marinate on that for a second. You're going to borrow your way out of debt. Borrowing is just another term for the word debt, by the way. Um, so I'm going to debt myself out of debt. Okay. Um, <laughs> Right, because I think part of the part of the um, if that's the symptom, like what's the root cause? And the root cause is, and what I see uh, from generation to generation is living outside of your means. Mm -hmm. And so thinking that um, we've we've especially here in the United States of America have normalized this idea of leveraging to get something I want today, even though I don't necessarily have the money for it. Right. And so it's fine. Like I can afford the payment. And so therefore I will acquire, you know, whether it's an auto, you know, an automobile through an auto loan or a house through a mortgage or um, electronics and appliances throughout the house, you know, on department store credit or whatever it is. But that that generational habit is that it doesn't matter. And in Please hear me clearly when I say I'm. This is hyperbole, and I'm 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 being cheeky on purpose. But the the concept, the thought is, it doesn't matter 
that I don't have the money, I can quote afford it because I can make the payment. Mm-hmm. And that 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 line of thinking, that that belief gets passed down generation to generation, um, where parents may encourage um, children to buy a home that they can't necessarily afford, all because you can afford the mortgage payment or whatever the case may be. Um, But there's that that mindset that's passed down. Hmm. I'm I'm so glad that you brought that up because um, I see it so often, so often. Uh, And I think sometimes we do these things without really realizing, you know, I've had many a conversation with parents that are really pushing their children to buy homes before the kids are ready for it, right? They may never be ready for it, but they're really pushing. And I think it's probably because that was what was done for them, right? And um, it, I think so much of this, Nino, goes to show that, and I truly believe that we do the best that we can do with the information, the knowledge that we have, you know? So I, mm-hmm. I want everybody to be really clear here that there are certain cases where maybe a refinance can be really beneficial to your debt payoff and, you know, to getting your, yourself in a better situation. There are certain cases where purchasing a home really is good for your financial life and for your net worth and all of those things, right? And, and I know you're not saying contrary to that either. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think these habits, right, that, that are passed down in these beliefs, they are detrimental because we don't, we're not aware of them, right? And we don't understand yes. why we're making these decisions. And, and until we figure that out, we then don't have the ability to make a, a, a more informed decision because we don't have the information yet. And I think that that's what we're really trying to get across in this whole podcast is to give you as listeners, the the new ideas and new thoughts and to spark something that you had never thought about before and to start looking at your money in a very different way. And you can start to say, wow, that's what my parents did. And that's what I do. And now am I passing that along to my children? Right. And do I want to, right? Do I need to start having different conversations and be more aware of this? And, and I'm sure we could go on and on about, you know, the quote unquote, bad, um, you know, behaviors that are passed down because there are many of them. There's also some really good ones too. Yeah. Uh, awareness is your friend, right? So being aware of, Ooh, okay. This was something I inherited and I want to change. Awareness becomes your friend and it becomes the catalyst for being able to make change. You know, as you were giving the um, example of uh, of parents um, encouraging young uh, children, adult children, but younger to buy property, maybe before they're ready, I can't help but think I've had this idea recently that when my children come of age, instead of encouraging them to leave their the house for their own place with a mortgage what if instead they were to buy property simply as an asset for its purpose to be income generating not so that they can move into it themselves but that they they could still live at home own a piece of property for the fact that it is an income producing asset that maybe one day later as somebody else is paying their mortgage for the first few years or whatever maybe one day it becomes their first family home 
or what have you. But what a what a radical mindset shift as to when and how and why to purchase property. So often we're 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 purchasing that first property for our own housing. But what if we radically change the thought process of our young adults that no, 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 stay at home. But if you have the means, because the other thing is if somebody's renting the place out, obviously the mortgage is being paid, but they also should be in a place where they can cover the mortgage if, if they absolutely mm -hmm. have to. Um, but just a, an example of how to think differently and, and break one of those generational cycles. And I'm glad that you said that because it's really, I see that radical, you know, when you said, you know, kind of doing something radical, wouldn't it be nice if we could just take a lot of our money situations and just be kind of radical, but in all the right ways with it, right? Because right. I think we get so used to being stuck in what we've done. It doesn't mean it again, it's good or bad. Those habits and behaviors have, have served us for a certain period of time, right? And it's allowed us to get and it's allowed each of you listening to get exactly where you are right now. And there's, I know that you've made some choices that you're really proud of, that you're really happy about, that have um, put you in a different position, right? And I know that you've made some choices that you have made that you're like, dang, I really wish I hadn't have done that. What if we just got to this place where we could be radical with some of our decisions, but because we've done self-reflection, because we're more aware, right, of, of who we are, how we think about money, right? And then be able to say, this all stops with me, right? Mm. All this stuff that's been passed down, I'm choosing to say right now that this stops with me that it no longer has to go forward. It no longer has to hit another generation, right? It no longer has yep. to um, be the go-to answer for everything, right? What if we just got radical and we said, you know what, this all stops with me. I am creating new money habits, not only for me, but for all the generations to come. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's a perfect transition into let's talk, let's talk about some practical strategies for how to be the one that says, you know what, these generational cycles of money habits that I'm not thrilled about. <laughs> that, that, that was my really <laughs> like contorted way of not saying the word bad, right? <laughs> but let's, Let's talk about some strategies for how the buck can stop with me. See what I did there? Buck stops with me. <laughs> and change good, that good cycle. Good, joke. <laughs> <laughs> for the generations to come. And I think we, we kind of hit on this, but I want to I wanna start with that self-reflection and self-awareness. One of the best ways to break a generational cycle is to become aware to really think about how it is that I behave with money and what would I like to change for myself and the generations to come after me. And I'm going to say arguably one of the most difficult places, right? One of the most difficult strategies 
um, in, you know, the list that we're going to give you guys, I think this one, that self-reflection and self-awareness is arguably one of the hardest ones on this list, because I think we're not used to, I think, let me just back up. I think in the past we've used our past and our habits and our decisions as a way to beat ourselves up about things, right? Not as a reflection period, as a way to really kind of beat ourselves up and, and to um, create really, again, more negative mindsets around money and, and learning to not trust ourselves. So how do we then take that and move into like, I'm just going to reflect on what's happened without pulling in the additional emotion into it. So I'm going to say, Nino, this is arguably one of the most difficult um, tasks here. Yeah. And for all the reasons that you said, and I'll add that um, it's usually very hard to do it in isolation. Mm. When you're the only one reflecting on it, and you're not having a dialogue about it, that's really, really challenging. So it's one of those areas that I would encourage you, like a, a perfect reason to, to schedule a free discovery session is to discover, well, what are some of the generational things that I'm doing and reflect on it with somebody who's impartial and objective. So. Agreed. It starts there. What's that? I just said agreed. I, I wholeheartedly agree ah. because we are not taught really how to do this alone and, and we can talk ourselves out of things, right? We can justify a lot of things. And so having that third party to not allow us to justify, not allow us to kind of hide, to really ask the right questions, to dig deep and to find the source of it, powerful. Yep. Yep. And so I think once you've reflected and, and you've become self-aware, now it's about time to educate yourself. And I think for our listeners, you know, they're, they're already kind of doing that. They're listening to this podcast, but you know, there's obviously a lot of education out there and it's about educating yourself uh, not only on new money habits themselves, but educating yourself as to why do you behave with money the way you behave and what are some of those triggers and what are some of those underlying conditions? Um, but educating yourself, very, very important. And I would add into that too, giving yourself the opportunity to dream about your life a little bit. I, I'm going to throw that into this education part here because it's mm. one area that people don't do a lot of is really allow themselves to truly dream about the life that they want to create, the life that they really want to live. And I think that that's a really powerful place in this education piece here, right? Because that's what you're doing. You're kind of educating yourself on if that's how I want to live, then you know what, what resources to start looking after, right? You know, um, who do I want to follow? Who's already living that life that, you know, I kind of, I want to have kind of those same things, right? And those abilities and those choices. So who's doing that? That kind of propels your education experience forward because then you can seek out those people and see what it is that they're doing, how they got to where they are now. Yeah. Yep. Once you've reflected and educated yourself, then it's about creating a plan. Sitting down and, you know, take that dream that Sarah just told you, like dream a little bit more again and, and, and think about like what your goals are, but now create a plan, right? So goals without a plan remain dreams. But when you take a dream and you put it down on paper and you can actually march towards that goal. Um, and so it starts with a budget. 
right? Like the dreaded B word. Oh no, a budget. But really all that is, is just a plan for your money where you get to say, Hey money, this is what I want you to do for me. And part of that might be, I want you to grow in savings so that I can accomplish this other financial goal or it might, and, or it might include, Hey money, I want you to help me to eliminate the debt that I have. Hey money, I want you to obviously be able to help me put food on the table and keep a roof over my head. But you, that plan gets you to tell your money, these are the things we're working towards. Absolutely. And, um, I was just looking up, I can't find it now. I had a really great quote that I posted yesterday that I came up with. So I want to credit myself, but I can't really remember exactly how I said it. (laughs) (laughs) But it was to the effect of, um, you know, you get to create a money plan and, and tell your dollars, put those into priority in the places that you really want to spend in. But, by not creating a money plan, it's the fastest way to feel really disappointed and overwhelmed with your money. Mm. So by not having a plan, it's the fastest way to feel overwhelmed and frustrated with your money situation. Ooh, I like that. I'll let that sink in for a second. Not having a plan leads to frustration. Yeah. I've experienced that firsthand. Um, So when you have the plan, I think another part of the strategy is it's time to do things differently. Mm -hmm. You are where you are because you've done the same things over and over. And Einstein told us that Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. So it's time. It Do it differently. If you put everything on a debit or credit card, maybe it's time to switch to cash envelopes. If you deal with cash, but for some reason you don't have the discipline, you got, maybe you got to open up a separate savings account at a different bank so that it's at an arm's reach and it's just more difficult to go get there, whatever that looks like, but it's time. It's time to do things differently. Absolutely. 100% agreed with that. Um, And I'll say this again, that you get to be the one that says that these generational curses, these generational traumas, that they stop with me. You get to be the one that says that. You get to be the one that makes it in your family. And I'll use air quotes around makes it, you get to be the one that, that just because all of your family maybe was broke or poor or didn't, you know, maybe they, they didn't get a college education. They wanted one, but nobody did. Maybe you get to be the one that has the business, right? You get to be the one that really makes it. You get to be the one that's different in your family. You have the choice to make different decisions. And gosh darn it, Nino, I think sometimes we forget about it and we just need somebody to tell us. I Sometimes I need somebody to just throw it right back at me and say, Sarah, you get to make the choice here, right? Mm -hmm. And so for all of our listeners, you get to say, hey, it stops with me. It's not going any farther. I get to be the one that makes it here and I get to make a different choice. I love that. 
we kind of mentioned the next strategy a little bit too, and that is it's time to break the silence. If you're not talking about the your financial situation, your money mindset, the habits that you have um, inherited from the generation before you, if you're not talking about these things, then you can't grow. Um, I think if, if we're silent about things and we're just kind of sitting in it, um, it's really hard to move ourselves out of the muck. So it's time to break the silence. You know, I heard a statistic the other day, and I don't remember the exact numbers on this, Nino, but they said the two topics that people do not talk about, money and sex. They end up talking about sex more. Money is the number one topic that people don't talk about. And I'll be real honest, that kind of blows my mind. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But I don't know that I really... I think I, I'm so used to it now. It's so ingrained in me that I think I've lost the the feeling of, you know, not wanting to talk about it because I talk about it so much now, but it's the single best thing that I did when changing some of my money story was to start talking about it um, because it changes everything at that point. You hear things differently when you say them out loud. You hear it differently when you say it to somebody else right? When you get that feedback, you get to process things differently. And um, I think easily on this list, I would say that the thing that's going to propel you forward is to break the silence. Yeah. I like this, uh, the idea that like, um, you know, a good, a good idea sounds great when it's finally said out loud. And a bad idea sounds even worse when you finally say it out loud, right? And so you can be mauling over a bad idea and you say it out loud and you're like, yeah, I shouldn't do that. Um, so yes, definitely break the silence. And I think, um, you know, another, the, the final key strategy that I have uh, kind of for our listeners today is it, not only did we say like, it's time to reflect and become self-aware. Not only is it time to educate yourself, not only is it time to create a plan, not only is it time to do something different, and not only is it time to break the silence, but those things all can be wrapped up in this last one. It's time that you work with a professional. You want to break generational cycles. You want to fix your money mindsets. You want to behave differently with money. Stop trying to do it on your own. <clears throat> we hire nutritionists to help us eat right. We help, we hire uh, physical therapists to help us recover from an injury. We hi hire um, physical trainers to help us get in shape. Hire a financial professional, a financial coach to help you build the right habits, flex those muscles so that this is something that you can carry on for a lifetime and that you can implement and train up the next generation in as well. Mm. I don't know that there's much more that I could add to that. Um, other than I will say, I tried to do it on my own for a very long time. And you know what, you know, my husband and I, I think I've shared this before. We became debt free and we were debt free for four months, right? 
mm-hmm. and went back into debt. And it took us years again to get out of that debt. So is it possible to do part of this on your own? Yep. Is it going to take you probably twice, three, six times longer than it would if you were working with somebody and getting a plan that actually made sense and was right for you? <laughs> um, give me option two, mm-hmm. please. <laughs> right. right? I-, I tried it the long way around because I am hard-headed and I'm the girl that says, you know what, I'm going to figure it out on my own. I didn't figure it out on my own and I took years and years and years to try and learn and to figure it out. And what did that do? It, it put my marriage in the worst place, right? Because I didn't know how to get through it. It challenged and strained my relationship with my children because I kept telling them no for a dollar ice cream cone when that wouldn't have made or, or broken our budget. But I was so hyper-focused because I didn't have somebody there asking me the hard questions and saying, Sarah, what about this other option? Mm. Working with somebody, I guarantee you, is going to propel you forward in a way that you could have never imagined, guys. And take it from the one, I am the girl that says I will figure it out almost daily. But there are times where you figure it out with the help of other people that are more experienced. Yep. Yep. I always like to put a timeline to things. And so um, when I'm sitting down with a client and we're, we're like looking at things before we get down into the numbers, you know, I might have them give me an estimate of how long will it take them to accomplish the financial goals that they have, whether that's um, eliminating debt, you know, saving to buy a house, whatever that is. And they're like, oh, I think it's going to be X number of months or X number of years. Then we get down into the nitty gritty. We look at all the numbers and I say, look at this. If, if we do this, 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 and this, you're going to be able to achieve that in a third of the time that you thought it was going to take or in half the time or whatever that is. Right. And so um, it's what, why one of my favorite little kind of sayings is, you know, hire a financial coach to get better results faster. Mm-hmm. So what a great conversation. Always a pleasure to do this with you, Sarah. Uh, I think is, this is another great one for the books. Um, and we'll continue our conversation next time. Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.